Okay, so it's a, it's a fresh new vibe in case you can't tell. Here we are. I've got a desk because this is serious work. There's a lot of things happening on the internet, and I'm here to get to the bottom of it. It's not just the tech space. There's a lot of stuff happening. So myself, Will Do, we're going to explore the web a little bit here and break it down for you. What do you got for us first here, Will? Samsung's Galaxy A80. Yes, of course, I have seen this. This is no surprise to me. Well, it kind of is. I mean, it, it was at the point that I saw this, but but that said, this isn't the first time that this particular type of design has shown up. I remember it was an Oppo device a while back. It had a rotating front-facing camera, but it wasn't motorized, or it didn't at least move as smoothly as what Samsung is showing off with this Galaxy A80. But, I mean, this is cool. Right, this is uh, this is sci-fi looking. The way the thing moves when you flip it up, up and down. It is weird that it's showing up on a Galaxy A device and not in a flagship device. But as we've seen, increasingly, uh, these have been the platforms where Samsung can really experiment, kind of in 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 the mid-range, not in their flagship, not in their S series, where there's so much on the line and they need to move a bunch of units. So. This thing, let's go over the specs real quick. A80, 48-megapixel f2.0 camera flanked by an ultra-wide 8-megapixel f2.2 and a third time-of-flight sensor. These are becoming all the rage, in case you can't tell, here in 2019. The sliding camera mechanism means there's no sight of a notch or a hole punch. 6.7-inch FHD Plus Super AMOLED display. So this is the benefit of these bizarre kind of implementations of front-facing cameras. Now, the benefit, you're probably wondering, or maybe you can already tell, the benefit here is that you get to use your better camera for all your pictures, not just the rear-facing pictures, but also the selfies. So if you're a selfie junkie, you get an incredible megapixel count of your own face, if that's what you're looking for. And then if you're a screen junkie, if you're into seeing all display and very little bezel and no notch and no cutout, you benefit as well because now... That front-facing camera, when you don't want it, is nowhere to be seen. That said, you got some extra moving parts here, right? You've got this thing flipping around, moving around, so it remains to be seen how robust or how durable this type of implementation will be. But it's exciting nonetheless. I'm glad Will brought this up. I know a lot of people are interested. Let's go over the remainder of the specs. 3,700 milliamp hour battery, supporting fast, supporting fast charging at 25 watts. It's also got an 8-gigabyte RAM setup, 128 gigs of onboard storage, and an in-display fingerprint scanner. So that ensures that the front of the device is free from any obstructions. In-display fingerprint hidden down below. It will release, sorry, announced on the 26th of April. And it, oh, sorry, that's the A70, which will have a teardrop notch. The A80 launches May 29th. So that's, I mean, that's pretty pretty soon. We'll see. We'll get this thing in hand. And I think, Will, you already sent, did you already send an email out looking for this thing officially? Did. He yeah. did. Okay, so Willie Do's already on it. He sees something like this. He gets into action, all right? He knows that you guys on the Unbox Therapy side, you're looking for this kind of thing. So the email's already been sent. We're trying to get our hands on it. We'll see how this implementation works out in real life, in a real-life circumstance. But May 29th, nonetheless, Samsung Galaxy A80, yet another smartphone looking for your dollars 
Is this it? Is this what you were waiting for? Is this compelling? Where is it even going to launch? We have to we have to wait to see. But nonetheless, exciting stuff. Sci-fi keeps on making its way into consumer gadgets, and there's something exciting about that. There's something that speaks to the to the youth version, to the young to the young lad Lou, who was uh, you know just imagining a future in which there would be rotating cameras and sliding smartphones and screen to body ratios. Can you imagine that? That was like that was like the twelve year old me. Well, all right. What do we got next? I know. I know you've done more research here. You're uncovering what's happening on the web. Apple is rumored to be replacing iTunes on the Mac with something better. Are we talking about the death of iTunes? I don't think very many people would actually mourn that for too long because iTunes had been like the joke in the software world for a very long time now. Uh, it just it has this real antiquated old school software vibe going on. And of course, human beings have gra- graduated to, sh- to other streaming services, uh, listening to music elsewhere, even in places like YouTube, and it's just less of a need. There's fewer people that are relying specifically and solely on iTunes for their music or even purchasing their music as opposed to streaming in this day and age. So you got people still complaining, not just about like iTunes and, and what it does, but also the actual visual appearance of the software. And what it's like to use it. So a lot of people have been screaming at Apple to update it in some way, shape, or form. But it looks like Apple's just going to go go back to the drawing board and turn iTunes into something completely different. They're going to break it up into as many as four distinct apps. One for music, one for podcasts, one for books, and one for apps. That could be a smart move, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Because it is a bit confusing. It's called iTunes. So it indicates music, but it's also this place you're supposed to get all these videos. You're supposed to download TV shows. Your apps are in there. You sync with your iPhone via iTunes, but you're syncing everything from photos, contacts. It's a bit disjointed. So maybe it's time for iTunes to kind of die in the way that we know it right now. And it can just be a music app, and that's fine. And then those other things can be broken out into other places. So you can have a dedicated location for podcasts and so on. The breakup of iTunes is arguably long overdue and should inject a bit of modernity, modernity into macOS. People have been begging for it. I'd say it was a matter of time. I'm glad they're working on it. I think people can be happy about this. And uh, good riddance, iTunes, go die now. Okay, thank you very much. What do we got next, Will? This is exciting. LG's transparent foldable smartphone design it barely looks like a phone at all in fact that's true if you look at this image right here it's like it's huge first of all i mean it looks like a laptop size almost transparent displays i remember the very first time i saw a transparent display all the way back at ces probably 2012 2013 i don't remember who was showing it off at the time whether it was lg or samsung but they had this implementation where it was like a window a showcase of a window. It was one. Of, it, was, it was actually one of my first kind of semi-viral CES videos. But it was like a window, and there was an image being displayed that looked like it was being projected onto the window. Of course, it was inside of the transparent display. Look at oh, look at Young Lou. Less of a beard. Oh my goodness, what a throwback. I'm I'm sweaty. I'm on the CES show floor, marching around, and yeah, this was it. Wow, Willie, dude, that was quick. Holy smokes. This man is serious. He's on fire today. He doesn't drink coffee, but he had a green tea. He had a, or maybe it was the soup from Starsky. I don't know. 
I don't know what it was. Nonetheless, he's on fire finding the old thing. Look at this. It's a touch display, and it's transparent. But, of course, at this point, way back then, it was like super concept. It wasn't a thing that you could, you could see coming up in an in a, in a, in immediate kind of implementation. They were just saying, hey, we can do this. Who knows what it's all going to mean eventually. So the idea of taking this technology and packing it into a mobile device is exciting on its own, let alone a folding mobile device. It's like, holy moly. Now, even that said, why does your mobile device need to be transparent? Maybe because they're so big now and you're trying to read it on the street. You've seen these people. I mean, every, who, who's not staring at their smartphone in the street, walking, walking into oncoming traffic? You've seen it. So now with the transparent display... You're, it's like it's like those it's like holding a newspaper in the old days you got to get your big transparent smartphone as you walk you can kind of see your surroundings so you're not walking into oncoming traffic i don't know i really other than the fact that it's cool i mean at this point the cool factor is kind of enough to get us interested it, it, it might be a lot like some of these other features we see which aren't fully baked yet where there's not an immediate implementation, but you know it's going to be something eventually. So head back to the article for a minute there, Will. So what are they saying about it? It was probably inevitable. We see a smartphone design combined tr- transparent str- transparent screens. Tr- transparent screens with a foldable form factor. And LG's the one to design it. They're talking about CES as well, where they first showed off transparent OLED. It's incredible. So it's a patent filing. Keep this in mind. It's very early stages on this particular tech. And who knows why or what the implementation is going to look like for this thing. But nonetheless, if you see people carrying around transparent smartphones, you're going to pay attention. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna think it's the future regardless. But it might be one of these things where we haven't really figured out the perfect implementation for it yet or the use case scenario. Unlike, say, folding phones in general where you're like, okay... Well, you just want a bigger screen. But does that introduce this issue of being cut off from the world too much? This giant folding screen in front of you, now it has to be transparent? I don't know. Maybe. It's possible. All right, Will, you got anything else? I got something I want to talk about. You got anything else? Um. Oh, okay, yes. This is interesting. I read about this a little bit. Uh, this is a YouTube development. Lots of stuff happening over there. You know, YouTube... And Netflix, I get this feeling that they each want to become a little bit more like each other. Uh, And in a bid to do so, YouTube is aiming to develop a show kind of like Netflix's Bandersnatch, which I actually didn't watch, but I know roughly what the concept was. Kind of choose your own adventure, different outcomes, interactive content, not just sitting back and relaxing, but you have to make some choices. Kind of like a, a merging of a, of a video game and content. Netflix, of course, experimenting with that, doing really innovative things, and spending a boatload of cash on content. We're all very aware of that. Now, YouTube apparently attempting to dive into the same arena, and it looks like they're spending some cash. What does it say here? Uh, how much money? $250 million. Walmart may get into the mix soon as well with a $250 million joint venture. So Walmart wants to get into content also. Who doesn't? I mean, who is not trying to get into content right now? We saw the whole crazy thing with Apple, that event, Celebrity Fest 2019, Oprah, uh, Jennifer Aniston. We all sat through that. Anyhow, everyone's trying to get into content. Uh, YouTube has had kind of limited success moving into this, what you would consider to be premium scripted stuff. 
I think the most successful thing they've had recently was this Cobra Kai series, which is like this rehash of um, Karate Kid. I don't know. I haven't watched it. It's not really why I use YouTube. And that comes to a bigger conversation about the difference in context with these different platforms. Right? You, you jump onto Netflix, it's like, I have some time. This is a very uh, uh, directed kind of, uh, I have a few hours. I'm going to select something. I'm going to be careful about what I select compared to YouTube, which is, it's like an operating system. You log in, you're gone. It's always on. You're, you're always diving in and out throughout the day. Potentially, it's kind of more like social media. So even though these two platforms want to become more like each other, where you're getting shorter form stuff show up on Netflix, like that Vox series explained. And now you have YouTube trying to make uh, scripted stuff like Bandersnatch. They're trying to be more like each other, but I don't know that they're ever going to be, that they're ever going to be able to truly shift the conversation and become that because it's already, they're already such big cultural pieces that, that have this pre-existing, uh, this pre-existing acceptance among, amongst the viewers that they kind of know what it is and they want it to be the thing that they expect. That's what YouTube is. That's what, that's what Netflix is. They could keep trying, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think Netflix is good at what they do and, and YouTube obviously, well, it's good at what it does as far as being a platform for people to upload anything. It just seems like factual reality stuff does better on YouTube and scripted stuff for the time being is obviously doing better on Netflix. All right, Will, is that all you got, brother? Nothing wrong with that. I think you brought the heat today. I think it was all right. I think, okay. I mean, episode one, you know, room to grow. I think this uh, next one would be pretty interesting. I kind of want to hear your take. Oh, you got one more. Just one more. Holy moly. Jeez, you're up in the ante here. This is uh, very intense. I see the word sex, violence, drugs, getting the axe in Apple's upcoming original content. Okay. Very interesting. Apple CEO Tim Cook reportedly killed a semi-autobiographical drama about Dr. Dre's life named Vital Signs. The drama had scenes that included drug use, sex, and guns. Those scenes were apparently too scandalous for Apple to feature. A similar situation occurred with the revival of Steven Spielberg's Amazing Stories. Apple replaced the showrunner after it found the program's original premise a little dark. Well, what do we know about Apple here? Let's be honest. Let's get let's cut straight to it. Why don't we? Apple. Garden. Apple is a clean. It's a clean company. It's uh, it's there's white and and it's shiny. It's it's lit up. You ever been to the Apple store, Will? I know you have. It's all everything is perfect. It's a place of worship. And now they're in the content business. And what does that mean? What, what, what do they think good content is? Not having a history in it. Of course, Steve Jobs, let's remember, involved in Pixar early days, kind of was in content, but on a more personal level. Not Apple themselves producing it. But yeah, now that Apple's in the content business, while simultaneously being in the hardware business, still trying to sell you phones and laptops and, and be cheery, and services and all that business, you do have to wonder how edgy they're willing to get because people are aware of the branding. People shop better when they're happy, when things are clean and not dirty. 
So I kind of understand this. It is complicated. Like Netflix can go after something because they just have to be Netflix. They don't have to sell you the Netflix phone. You don't have to walk into the Netflix store. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be suitable for absolutely everyone. There are these many versions of Netflix that are allowed to exist for the viewer through algorithms and so forth. That you can log on to Netflix Kids, for example, and get super healthy, nonviolent stuff. But you could also go for that if that's what you're looking for. YouTube, kind of the same with the different branding. I mean, it's not called Google Video, for example. It's YouTube. It's something different. Whereas Apple has their name all over these various content projects, Apple News and so forth. I'm not surprised. I guess that's what I'm getting at, Will. I'm not surprised. They have so much on the line. World's most valuable company. We're talking about trillions of dollars. Their core business can't possibly be undermined by someone's interpretation or misinterpretation of what they're trying to do through content. It's still only going to be a fraction of their business comparatively, and therefore you can't cannibalize your smartphone sales, your laptop sales, your shiny Apple Store stuff in exchange for trying to be edgy. I don't see edgy content coming out of Apple's content plans, not anytime soon. I don't see it happening. Great topic. Willie do. Ladies and gentlemen, the sidekick, the man behind the scenes, headphones, mixing board, video DJ on the screen, hunting down the stories like he hunts down the products. And he'll actually even take questions. That's right, audience questions. All you got to do is email Will at LouLater.com. I hope you're ready for this. Will at LouLater.com. We're going to take audience questions. What do you need? You, you, you got a question about a smartphone? You need some life advice? It doesn't matter. You hit up Will Do, and we may very well address it on the show. It's quite possible. All right, here's a story I want to talk about. I want to get one of my own stories out here just before we take off. Everything we know about the ridiculous real-life battle royale. Have you heard about this, Will? No. I don't know if you did. Okay, so some dude, a rich guy, is trying to do a real-life version of a battle royale video game. Something, something like Fortnite, PUBG, whatever. He thinks he's going to go on this island somewhere. You can look it up. You type, type real-life battle royale. You can, you can find it here. He's going to have this island. He's going to build some kind of a video game-ish level on the island. Real humans will go there to compete for, I think it was like 100,000 bucks. 100, where is it? It says 45. $183,000 at, at the current conversion rate. So it was 100,000 British pounds. Now, people don't know a lot about this situation uh, <laughs> because it was posted on some website, luxury website called Hush Hush, which bills itself as the world's leading luxury marketplace and VIP concierge service. So it's meant to be quiet. It's for filthy rich people and they like to stay quiet. Anyhow, this guy goes on that site and he basically puts an ad out there, a job in which he's asking a talented game maker, in quotations, to help design an arena for a real-life battle royale. And the job, the offer for the individual who can do it, is about 82000 bucks for one month of work. So I guess the guy has actual money, but it sounds pretty crazy to me. Now, of course, no one's going to die. That would be illegal. Instead, they're going to be using airsoft guns and touch-sensitive body armor. So if they die, they can't, you know, it's not like paintball where you have to put your hand up and say, I've been hit. 
Instead, the feedback from the armor itself lets everyone else know that you've been eliminated. So, of course, people on Twitter, they're having fun with it already. They're saying, sign me up if I can win some cash playing a little bit of Airsoft on an island in a Battle Royale type of video game level. Of course, there's just Battle Royale fans in general that would love to try a real-life version of it. Who knows if this is ever going to happen? This is obviously one of those hot stories that has plenty of legs. People want to talk about it. Battle Royale games, so popular right now. And, of course, you had that movie. What was the movie with, uh, what's-her-face there? Uh, The movie where it's like Battle Royale. Hunger Games. Hunger Games, all right? But, of course, in that movie, they actually die, so the stakes were elevated. I'm not sure how exciting an Airsoft version of that actually is, but nonetheless, Battle Royale video games moving into the real world quite possibly. What a time to be alive. Anyhow, there you have it. It's the first episode, all right? So bear with us. Like I said earlier, send your questions and comments over to Will. We're publicizing his email address. It's will at loulater.com. We're going to do this again. Hope you'll be back.